He gets the devil out of this. Father, we thank you and we give you praise today in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask you, Father, for your anointing. I ask you, God, that your spirit, Lord, would deal with us today. In Jesus' name, Father, I ask you to reveal in our hearts our condition before you and what we stand with you, Lord God, what our condition is and what's going to happen in the very next few seasons. It could be days. It could be hours. We don't know, Father, but we know what you're telling us, Lord, in the world today. We ask you, Lord, to reveal this to us in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone in God's house said, Amen. You may be seated. The question is, what do you do if you miss the rapture? You haven't heard this sermon before because today's preachers, many of them will teach that all dogs go to heaven. You were saved when you were 12 years old. You've been living like the devil ever since, but all dogs go to heaven. Once saved, always saved. That's not what the Bible says. You can be secure in Christ. You can know that you're saved. You can rest in Him and know that when Jesus returns for His church, that you're going to go. But if you're here this morning because your spouse made you come and you're keeping peace, you're not ready. If you're here this morning and you live like the devil all week long and then come to church and put Jesus on on Sunday morning, you're not ready. So I have information for you today to help you through the seven years of tribulation so you survive and don't go to hell. Are you ready? We'll see. I didn't make that one. Pastor, we're having some technical difficulties. Here, I'm going to give this to you. Because the devil's in that thing. What to do if you miss the rapture? In the world we live today, you have seen the events of the end times. Whether you like it or not, you are the terminal generation. Israel became a nation in 1948, April, May the 14th, 1948. And the Word of God says that that generation that came into the land of Israel will not pass till everything has been fulfilled, including the seven-year tribulation. Now, we believe in a pre tribulation rapture. We believe that Jesus is coming after his church before the seven years. We have a handout for you today that you can pick up on your way out. I spotted a little typo. What got into it was autocorrect, which is the spawn of Satan, if you haven't found that out. The Antichrist will be a good guy for three and a half years, not the 32 years that's on there. Three and one half years. The tribulation time is exactly seven years. Let's go to the next slide, please. 
This is exactly what it's going to be like when Jesus calls his church home. I don't think that your old clothes are going to heaven. I think that we will be clothed with the righteousness of the saints of God. But the artist had to depict us with something on there. And so Jesus calls us home in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord forever and ever. When is this going to happen? Yeah, give God praise. When does this transpire? When will it take place? At any moment. I want to go to the next slide. Volcanoes. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 that in the last days perilous times would come, that there would be wars and rumors of wars, pestilence, and earthquakes in many places. An earthquake is a pestilence that man cannot do anything about. One of the poor residents of the Santa Rosa fire moved and bought property over in Hawaii, and guess what happened? The volcano wiped him out. And what do you do with an acre of rock where your home used to set? You can't move it with a bulldozer. Maybe over a period of time they could blast it with enough dynamite to move the rock out. But it's destroyed. It's something man can't do anything about. And when God begins to turn loose the forces of of nature we call nature, man can't do anything about it. Go ahead and go to the next slide. This was taken out of the Santa Rosa firestorm. Now we have firestorms seasonally. And now it's begun and we have the rest of the summer. When we have a fire up here, ash falls in Vallejo and covers my backyard. After the firestorm in Santa Rosa, when many people lost their lives, I was standing in that backyard having watched the news and knowing that the ashes that were falling were people's houses, was, was trees and brushes, and maybe some of the people's ashes falling all over the state of California. You, they want to blame people. E-G-N-E. They want to blame somebody. It's just in the nature of man that man wants to point a finger at somebody else when God is trying to get your attention, when you can't do anything about it. If God wants a fire, there's going to be a fire, whether it's spontaneous or caused from a spark. God is trying to get people's attention. I want to go to the next slide. We've had hurricanes in unprecedented numbers. When hurricane season arrives, man can't do anything about it. They can send out evacuation notices. They can warn us that it's coming because of the satellites in the sky. But you can't stop the flooding. You can't build a dam and hold back the hand of God. Why is all of this happening? And I want to tell you, I'm old enough to know that it hasn't been happening all my life. It's happening now. It's happening in the millennial generation. It's happening for you to take a look and to know that God is trying to get his church awake and to get them ready. 
He's coming after a bride who has washed their garments in the blood of Jesus Christ, who are clean, who are ready to go, who know him as their personal savior. What can you do about the hurricane? Let's go to the next slide. I thought computers were fast. (laughs) Flooding. I think it was in the city of Baltimore just recently. They had a downpour, and the whole of the downtown in that small town close to Baltimore was just wiped out nearly with a deep flood. This flooding takes place. It takes place in Texas. It takes place in New Orleans. It takes place all across the United States, and it will begin to take place worldwide. Why are these things happening? Because you are living in the last days. They're going to call it climate climate change. They're going to call it global warning. Warming. I don't care what name you put on it and who you want to point a finger and blame. It isn't because you came here in an automobile that these things are happening. Global warming wasn't caused just because you turned the key on your car, whether it has anything to do with anything. God is trying to get this generation's attention to know that the coming of the Lord Jesus Jesus Christ is imminent. Let's go to the next slide. Earthquakes. Matthew chapter 24 speaks of earthquakes in many places. They are worldwide. As a youngster growing up, there was only one earthquake to reference. It was the earthquake in San Francisco in 1906. People had stories they'd tell me as a youngster, but that was the only one. And now since that time of my generation, there has been hundreds, if not thousands, of devastating earthquakes all around the world. What are we going to do if there's a massive earthquake in California? You're going to sit there and experience it. That's what's going to happen. You can't build a committee. You can't uh, go to the mayor of San Francisco or the mayor of Oakland and, and, and ask them to legislate something to stop it. Nothing stops the hand of God. God, when God is trying to get your attention, there's going to be earthquakes and they're not going to stop. Along with the hurricanes, along with the firestorms, along with the flooding, it is going to be an event we are going to deal with. You folks had smoke here in Woodland, I understand. I get to smoke all the way down into the North Bay area. This is not going to subside or to stop. It is going to be a repeatable occurrence because we are living in the last days. Could we go to the next slide? I have a simple question for you. Has God got your attention? Are you ready? Are your bags packed? The sister doesn't need bags. I don't either. But metaphorically speaking, are you ready? You're not ready if you're here because your wife drugged you here. 
You're not ready if you come to church just to be a part of a community. You're not ready just because you come here and enjoy the music and the singing. You're not ready even if you get goosebumps. That doesn't make you ready. I could throw you in a body of cold water and you'll get goosebumps. The only thing that will make you ready is if Jesus Christ is living and reigning and ruling in your heart. Your life has been changed. Your language has changed. Your habits have changed. Your lifestyle has changed. He has become the Lord of your life and the Lord of your house. Nothing happens in your home that Jesus wouldn't approve of. Can somebody say amen? If you have to minimize the screen on your computer when your wife walks up behind you, you're not living right. If you destroy your recent search history, you're not living right. My wife knows my passwords. She knows everything about me. I'm surprised she's still here. But she knows that I live right, do right, and talk right. And that Christ is in my heart. Let's go to the next slide. During the time of tribulation, I'm going to try to drive it home for you, seven years. The first three and a half years, Antichrist is going to be a good guy. When the church is taken out of the world, In the United States alone, between 20 and 25 million people profess Jesus Christ as their Savior. Imagine what's going to happen with all of their bank accounts. With all that money in the bank. The Antichrist is going to be a marvelous leader. Very charismatic. Very convincing. I believe that those funds are going to be captured and the red tape is going to be cut. That somebody that could take the price of gasoline from $3.50 and take it down to 50 cents would be quite a leader. Because the funds now available. Somebody that can bring world peace between the Muslims and the Jews would be heralded, Nobel Peace Prize, heralded as a man of peace. And that's exactly who he's coming in as, a man of peace, riding the white horse in Revelation, I believe, chapter number five, four or five. He comes in on a white horse, but in the middle of the week, he takes up a partner named the false prophet, which is the religious side of his kingdom. The false prophet will build an image in the temple in Jerusalem. And he will demand that people fall and worship the image of Antichrist. It is at that time that the true Jewish believers in Messiah will realize they have been duped. And that they will follow now the true Messiah, Jesus Christ. 
12,000 out of each tribe, 144,000 Jews will evangelize the world and people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ because of their teaching. But in the middle of the week, if you're going to buy or sell anything, Starbucks, Rayleigh's, gas station, health care, children needing dentistry, you will have to receive the mark of the beast to be able to operate in his world. What is the mark? It's not an ugly tattoo on your forehead or on your right hand. I truly believe the mark of the beast will be that little rice-sized capsule that would be planted just underneath your, those of you that have hair, underneath your hairline or in the back of your hand. So when you walk through Walmart and they tally up all of your groceries, you just have to wave your hand under the scanner and it is charged to your account because your employer is all hooked up to him too and your finances will all be controlled. Not only that, the Antichrist is going to put commercials on television telling you your children can't be kidnapped anymore because we know exactly where they are. They have the mark under their skin. They can't get lost. They can't get kidnapped. You don't have to worry about all of them becoming victims any longer. And not only that, no more credit cards, no more wallet, no one worrying about their ID. You lose your wallet, it doesn't matter anymore. It's all right there. Pretty smart guy, right? And that's what he's going to do, I truly believe, with the funds you leave behind. Let's go to the next slide. Now, I like Woodland Family Worship Center, but that's not what we're after here. Sister Shannon, do I look like I'm sweating? I don't think so. Because if that doesn't work, I can work. One more. That's fine. Now, go to the front. There we go. What to do if you miss? How can you miss? Well, if you're lukewarm in your Christianity or you have never received Christ, you're going to miss. How do you know? Read Matthew chapter 25. Jesus talks about the five wise and the five foolish virgins. Five of them carried oil in their lamp and five of them were just waiting around for something to happen. You may think that Pastor Jeff and Sister Jan lead and and are under the anointing just because they're leaders. No, that happens because you pray and you seek God and you call upon his name and you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. We're not here to play church. I'm not here to put on a show. I'm not here just to be part of a Christian community. I'm here because Jesus Christ commands us to come together and worship him and enjoy our fellowship one with another. What happened? What's the first thing you should do if you miss the rapture? Pray and receive Christ.
as your personal Savior. You can call the pastor, but you're going to get his answering service. You can take that handout home with you so you remember all of these things. You say, well, everybody here is going to heaven. I doubt it. I have pastored and been in the ministry for well over 40 years. I know what goes on outside of the church. I know people often live like the devil and come to church. The first church I pastored, there was a young man that came in. He spoke in tongues and prophesied. And I found out afterwards that he was drunk the night before. Your tongues are not a sign of your spirituality. Your prophecy is not a sign of where you stand with God. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Some people prophesy because they did it years ago and their brain knows all of the paths in their brain that brings it on. But they don't know Christ. Some of you look like deer caught in the headlights. I'm bringing something new, maybe. You you can fool Pastor Jeff, and you can fool me, but you can never, ever, ever fool Christ. Receive him into your heart. Let's go to the next slide, sister. What else should you do? You should read his word and know what is coming. Seven years of tribulation await those that don't make the rapture. Do you got to be perfect to make the rapture? No, I wouldn't make it if it required perfection, but it requires a relationship. No one here will ever be perfect. No one here will ever hit the mark of holiness on their own. But you can be holy because he is holy. You can live right because he is right. You can have the spirit of Christ and live according to his word. You need to read his word and know what is coming. It is one of your best defenses. Whether, I know what you're going to do. I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this hand out home from my loved one. You go ahead and tell me that. But if you take it home, leave it somewhere where somebody can find it. Because someone you know is going to need it. Know what is coming and get prepared. The Antichrist is in the world today. I don't know who he is, but he is in the world. He's going to be a great politician, a great person that will bring a treaty, as I said, between the Muslims, the Palestinians, and the Jews. He will bring world peace for three and one half years. Let's go to the next The next thing you will need to do is identify the Antichrist. As I've said, he's alive and well, and so is the false prophet. The false prophet will be of a religious nature. He will probably be a religious leader. Don't misconstrue what I'm going to say or put words in my mouth on Facebook. I will pray hellfire down on you. And you will call me and ask forgiveness. 
But the Pope today says there is no hell. You need to get on YouTube, do a little research. Get on Google, do some research. He has said there is no hell. He made the comment to one young boy that you don't have to go to church or have Christ in your heart to go to heaven. You just have to be good. Thousands of years of sound biblical doctrine are going down the toilet in a moment of time. The false prophet will be revealed three and a half years into it, and he will have special powers, demonic powers. He will be able to do miracles. And not every miracle that you see today is a miracle from God. If you don't think the devil has power, you've been duped. And if you don't think you can be duped, you already are. Let's go to the next one, please. Number four is you need If you're left behind, you need to evangelize others. The 144,000 Jews will evangelize the world. They will be protected by the Lord. They will be able to speak, and people will come to Christ. But when you give your heart to Christ during the tribulation, you cannot receive that mark. Anybody who receives the mark of the beast is going to hell. Because you didn't take a stand and have and let somebody else know that Christ is in your heart. You need to evangelize others. You need to find the underground church. You need to get with other believers. Figure out a way to make it as long as you can and bring as many to Christ as you possibly can. The temptation to receive the mark will be more than many, many people can bear. If you can't stand for Christ in the time of day, which is easy now, how can you be convincingly tell anybody else that you're going to live for Christ when your life depends on it? Develop an argument of reason within your own mind. If you think this is hard... You've been duped. You say, well, I, I, I can't do this. and I, th- There is not anything I want to do that I don't do. Don't put that on Facebook without the context. There is not anything that I, don't, uh, that I do, anything I don't do that I want to do. How about I put it that way? There's not anything in this world that I don't get to do that I want to do. I don't want to sin. I don't want to, I don't want to go out in the world. I don't want to get drunk, Pastor. I don't want to use foul language. I don't want to take the name of the Lord in vain. I don't want to misrepresent Christ and, and, and show people what Christ isn't. I don't want to do those things. I don't want to do the things of the world. I don't want to be involved in anything that isn't pleasing. To Everything that I want to do, I get to do. With gusto, I can lay down at night and know if Jesus Christ comes, I'm on my way to heaven and there's nothing you can do about it. Number five, please. Do not receive the mark of the beast. I don't care if you have to starve to death. 
It doesn't matter what extremes that you have to go through. If you're left behind, do not receive the mark of the beast because that is a demarcation line in the sand that you cannot undo. If you receive it, that's it. You say, well, I'm going to cut it out and throw it away. No, you've already pledged allegiance to the devil. You can't receive it. You say, well, I'd, I, how come that is so important? Well, because you're denying Christ and you have gone headlong into the culture of the world. You see, the church today is tempted to become more worldly every year we're waiting on Christ. We get more like the world and less like Christ. You say, well, I, I don't see that. I've lived long enough that I've seen it. I don't believe in legalism. I don't believe that just what you're wearing has much to do with your salvation. But I can see the world trying to creep into the church and become part. The, the world is becoming more churchy and the church is becoming more worldly. You call sin, sin in the world and they'll tell you you are a hater. They'll hold parades, march up and down from one shore to another in San Francisco and tell you they have freedom. Every single one of those folks that are defying the Word of God don't have freedom. They are under the bondage of Lucifer. It defies natural nature. Put it this way. You'll remember this. If the parts don't fit together, they don't go together. If you're confused about who you are, look down. Very simple. You say, why do those people, did they even change the, their nature and the way they talk? How can they do that? It's a demonic spirit from hell that has duped them and is trying to draw you in and say, love who I am. I love the person, but you'll never cause me, a child of God, to love what they're doing because they're... they're they're thumbing their nose at the Lord and His Word, and it will never work out. Let's go to the next one. Those that are left behind must remain loyal to Christ to the very end. If you waver, if you decide to receive the mark... If you decide that I'm so hungry, oh, my kids need medical care or... or you say, well, the children won't be left behind. This much I will tell you what I know about the Word of God. Children who are under the age of accountability is going to go to heaven. But those who are old enough to know right from wrong, and you haven't led them to Christ, they're going to be right here. And they're going to be hungry. You say, well... Pastor, that doesn't sound very loving. I am loving you by telling you the truth today. You can love somebody 
in the world and not be a hater by telling them the truth of God's word and drawing a line in the sand and say, that's what the Lord says. You're going to love them. Remain loyal to Christ. How can I avoid all of this? I want to go to the next slide. You can receive Jesus Christ right now. Some of you believe that I'm full of hot air. I can see it in your face. I don't care. I don't care what you think. It doesn't hurt me one bit. But what's going to happen to you is of vital importance. You're going to go home and you're going to see more on the news. Uh, He doesn't know what he's talking about. Read the word. Read Matthew chapter 24. There's going to be another earthquake. There's going to be another firestorm. There's going to be another hurricane. There's going to be another flood. And you're not going to be able to do anything about it. But pray for the people who are affected by it. Can you give God praise this morning in the house of God? The Hawaiian Islands are nothing but one big monstrous volcano. The Bible says in Revelation that one day every island will flee. They will sink into the sea and every mountain will be leveled. I didn't know that. Well, then you should have been in the class on Revelation. It's right there. It's right there for you. It's in your Bibles. You need to get that thing open and read the book of Revelation because it's for you and it is something you need to know. You can receive the Lord Jesus Christ today and avoid all of this mayhem. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You are not going to stop Or pray away the events that are transpiring. They're not going to stop and you're not going to pray them away. They're going to keep on happening. The word of God says so. Today we have to respond to Christ. And receive him into our hearts. And spread the word of God. Like the 144,000 Jewish evangelists will do in that day. They will call on the Lord. And then you and I who have gone to heaven for those seven years will come back with Jesus Christ and he will sit on the throne of his father David in the city of Jerusalem in the temple on the temple mount and the Jews will see him come and say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Would you stand with me today? Is there one more slide, sister? I think that may be the last. All right. You can receive him today. You can avoid all of this. I still advise you to take the instructions home for a loved one. Leave it in your Bible or where your Bible is found because those that you have witnessed to that have put off receiving the Lord. They're going to come knocking on your door and you're not going to be there, are you? 
And they're going to look for answers. And they're going to remember the things you've said. And they're going to find that little instruction sheet that may save their life, their eternal life. They're going to have to give their life during the tribulation. And here's how the false prophet is going to take lives during the tribulation. He will chop people's heads off in front of their family members. The guillotine, once again. You say, where's that at? That's in Revelation. It's been in the Word of God 2,000 years. Crack it open. It's there. In my sick little mind, I don't think that he's going to put people in that yoke, that guillotine face down. I think he'll do it face up. And I think he'll play with a blade. Drop it three feet, pull it back up. Drop it eight feet, pull it back up. Oh, I'll receive the mark. You think it's hard now. I'm telling you what it's going to be like when the church is gone. Would you bow your heads? Father, I have preached your word today. I'm not a very popular guy right now. Lord, I just preached your word. I know, Lord God, what you're trying to tell people in the United States and worldwide. Lord, we're on the brink of war with dictators around the world. These men have got the atomic energy and the atomic bomb. We don't know how precarious our situation is. Lord, what we see in the fires all around us today, right now, the floods that will take place, more hurricanes, Lord, more earthquakes, all of these things, Lord, you're getting our attention. These are the last days. Israel is in their homeland for the first time in 2,000 years. They have their country back. Your word says in Matthew 24, that generation will not pass till all of this is done. Heaven and earth will pass, but my word shall never pass. If you believe that Jesus keeps his word, then you've got to believe what I've preached to you today is the word of God. It's right there. And you are living. Whether you chose it or not, you are the terminal generation. You're going to be alive when Jesus returns. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray the Holy Spirit would walk in our midst today. You have seen the words that have been preached. You know, God, that I preached it right from the Bible today. I ask you in the name of Jesus to move in our hearts. Let the Holy Spirit, Lord, be the mighty convincer and convictor of sin. Help us, Father, to get right with you and to examine ourselves. Lord, if there is secret sin that no one else knows about, Father, reveal it to me and help me today to repent of it and to get ready. Father, if I haven't been witnessing like I ought to, help me, Lord, to take this information and to be your witness today. Father, I ask these things 
in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. While every head is bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask that simple question one more time.